What started as a question, God, you created marriage, can you make it work? Soon became a statement, God, you created marriage, you can make it work. Thank you for joining us on the Christian Family Life Podcast, where we get into the good, the bad, and the ugly in our marriage relationships and mind God's word to see what it has to say about it. Welcome, CFL friends, to another episode of the Christian Family Life Podcast. Roland and Tammy Martinez. Hello. Here with Giraldo, <laughs> a.k.a. Gio, and his wife, Susie. Susie. What's up? Hola. <laughs> We're excited to be recording today and continuing to really hopefully cultivate a relationship with you. We really hope that this is an opportunity for you to get to know the ministry a little better. Uh, As we've mentioned before, other couples will be jumping in here, leading the podcast. We want to really point you to God and His Word. We want to build on the platform God's given Christian family life, and we all have so much to offer that we benefit from. What are we talking about today? We're talking about marriage discipleship. That's really at the forefront of what we do. It's what but we roll out of bed thinking about because it's those two words that uh, drive and, and encourage us and inspire us. Uh, our, our marriage, which is a reflection of the Trinity, is so important. And how are we doing in that area? And then discipleship is the investment of others. And so thankful for the investment that was made in our life to be able to have the spiritual relationship that we have with the Lord as a result of models uh, that we've had go before us. And so marriage discipleship, why is that even important? I think especially in the evangelical community, we're quick to we're quick to segregate discipleship. So we have children's discipleship and why that's so important. And we have student discipleship and why that's so important. And then especially on the men and women's side, hey, if you reach the man, you'll reach the family. And, and yet I think it's interesting when God created Adam and Eve that uh, even though Adam was created first, and even though Adam must have thought, when God said, it's not good that you're alone, Adam must have thought, well, what do you mean I'm alone? I've got you and I've got these animals. What exactly are you referencing here? But God created Adam incomplete. And so the importance of the two being together, uh, not suggesting that one is better, one is superior, the other inferior. All we want to say is, in addition to the individual discipleship that's taking place, create a platform and an emphasis on the importance of marriage discipleship, couples coming together, having spiritual conversation, and the catalyst that that can be. And Tammy and I share quite a bit that some of our greatest relationships individually in our work with me with men and her with women comes as a result of the marriage discipleship piece that we were able to do by investing in those small groups. I want to share something here. I hope that this isn't something you've already thought of and you had planned on sharing later in the podcast, but (laughs) one of the things that you say in every small group class that we teach is the greatest investment that we can make in our own marriage is -hmm. investing in others. That's and right. oftentimes we think, how can we invest in our marriage? Where can we go? What gifts can we get each other? How many date nights can we have? And I'm not downing any of those things. I think they all lend themselves to you know, health and marriage. But 
the greatest investment that we make in our own marriage is when we invest in other couples. You know, and we will drop a name here of somebody local here to the North Carolina area, but Kevin and Melissa Howard. They're, I think they're a perfect example of that because they have stated to us, well, they took the class with, with you guys. Mm-hmm. They retook the class mm-hmm. a couple years later, five years later with us, and then they started teaching it. And mm-hmm. to Kevin's point and Melissa's mm-hmm. point, they said, man, it wasn't until, like, we got the principles. We, we understood mm-hmm. it, and it really impacted <laughs> us. But when we started to disciple other young couples, and we actually put them in a tough situation because they were discipling our own kids and their, and their spouses, and mm-hmm. so you remember when, when Kevin and Melissa were like, hey, no pressure. You guys just gave us the president and vice president of Christian Family Life's kids <laughs> to disciple. But they killed it. They did such a good job. But Kevin and Melissa will tell you today that they got more out of even the material yeah. when they were investing yep. in other couples. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's, the, that's the importance of that discipleship is... You know, we, we talk about a phrase, creating a marriage discipleship culture. And right. so language is important, but I, I think just as much as language, it's uh, building those relationships and almost creating some somewhat mm-hmm. of a subculture mm-hmm. within our environments. So just to be clear, Gia, if you'd go ahead and paint a picture of what marriage discipleship looks like when we're talking about that, because I think we visualize what children's discipleship could look like and student discipleship and men reaching out to men or women with women. What, what does marriage discipleship look like? Well, one of the things that Susie and I talk about, because if you, and Susie brought this up earlier as we were having conversations, um, that it could look somewhat daunting, right, Suze? Yeah, I mean, I I got saved when I was four years old. I'm very familiar with, with what evangelism and how important mm-hmm. that is and sharing your testimony and being a light in a dark world. Like, I agree with all of that, but sometimes the how-to is just like, where, where do I interject? I'm looking for opportunities, and I feel like marriage discipleship just kind of sets the table for you. It's like, I love the word. I've never heard it used in this sense until we came on with 2B1, but using marriage as a platform, you know, and it just kind of sets that table. And I I know we've had several interactions where we were involved, you know, with um, people that perhaps were unchurched or or not believers, and and they would come and say, you guys always look like you just enjoy each other. You enjoy Mm -hmm. one another's company. And, and that's just kind of an easy in for us to say, well, l- let, me, let me share with you why. It's not us, because we have our own share of fights. You know, mm-hmm. we have our own share of struggles and, and trials, but, you know, it's the Holy Spirit that's working in us because there's a purpose for our marriage. And, and the To Becoming One material kind of sets us a, a mm-hmm. stage for that discipleship where you've got, you know, we've had as little as three couples We've had as many as eight or nine couples. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the, the sweet spot is four to six couples is what we, we talk about. But you sit in this setting for, um, well, if you do an expectation week and you do a uh, celebration week, about 10 weeks mm-hmm. where you're with these couples day in and day out, being saturated with the truths of God's word. And Susie and I would be investing, but they are also investing in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know how many, um, Susie's, I, th- I think we've mentioned this before in our podcast, Susie's got like 10 different color pens that she carries around <laughs> and for, yeah, for different things and different reasons. I'm the leader guide. That either. <laughs> no, I think it's cool. <laughs> the leader guide that we have that we got, I don't know how many years ago, we still use the same one. 
it's color coded. And a, a big part of that is because of what we hear in the circle of other couples of what the Holy Spirit is revealing to them. It's so good. And it speaks to us. So we're getting washed by the Holy Spirit's working in this other couple. But then it, it's, you know, to your question, Roland, um, I think that when you're in that group, what Susie and I have realized is it may not hit everybody the same way at the time, but you can tell mm -hmm. where the Holy Spirit is working and how people are leaning into the study during those eight, nine weeks. And then it's a follow-up. Like Susie and I will follow up with those couples. Hey, let's get a cup of coffee. Um, let's talk a little bit more beyond the class and then, and then begin that relationship with those couples. I want to make sure that we really hit this because it is a shift. Mm. Because what's natural, what's what tends to be somewhat intuitive is that a, a man and a woman, a husband and a wife embrace their roles and there's, it, it's easier to divide and conquer yeah. mm -hmm. than it is to really come together mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then coming together and investing in other people. And if you think about it, it's so subtle. Uh, a, a challenge to, to pastors and church leaders right now, because when you envision a pastor sitting around the table with his staff, who occupies those seats? A worship pastor. Because you want to make sure that we have someone that's musical and can lead worship. The next seat is probably a children's pastor because what are we going to do with the children who are being distracting in the church? Now, hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully the pastor is leading that children's, pa that children's person and saying to them, we're not here to babysit children. We're here to share Jesus mm -hmm. with children. And then, and then students, we see teenagers and maybe they seem disinterested. And so we've got to create something for them. And, and then we go around the table from there and we think, well, we need a, a women's director and we need a men's director. Mm -hmm. Really, along the way, never really thinking about the relationship that without the marriage relationship, what do you have? Mm -hmm. None of us are even here. Mm -mm. I mean, not necessarily that our parents had to be married, but we're here because a man and a woman came together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and here we are. And marriage, what was mentioned earlier, is not only an, an incredible platform to evangelize and to disciple, but, but it's really the catalyst that drives. And as we go around the table, I think it's important that a seat, and, I'm, and, and I think it's more specific than family, because I think what some people would say is, well, let's put a seat at the table for the, the person that's going to lead family. It's marriage, mm -hmm. because it's preparing young people. It's strengthening and enriching. And then it is responding to crisis. We're always going to have that. And so being a voice, casting vision for incorporating marriage and strengthening marriages and preparing young people. I mean, we're, we've all been involved in that. How, how fun is it to take a young couple that has chosen to enter into the covenant of marriage because of the love they have for each other? That, that's a fun journey to walk a couple through, uh, whether they have us officiate or the, the wedding or not, but just inviting us into their journey leading into marriage. And then once they're married, coming alongside of couples saying, hey, we've been married 27 years, but 
because of people that are at 37 and 47 and 57 investing in us, we're here to tell you, uh, you can make it and here's what that journey can look like. Yeah, speaking to that, Roland, the, uh, mm-hmm. this weekend I happened to be in a church and the pastor, the senior pastor in multiple, multiple campuses, the lead guy gets up sta- on the stage right before he starts to preach. He says, man, I just feel impressed right now to pray over marriages. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, obviously for us, our ears perk up like, oh, wait, wait a second. Uh, you don't hear this every day mm-hmm. on a Sunday. And he began to pray over marriages and um, the brokenness and the impact that a marriage has, not only in their family, but in their community and um, the ripple effects that a strong biblical marriage can have. And so afterwards, I, I waited and, and got a chance to meet him and talk with him. And uh, he basically quoted our, our vision statement you mm-hmm. know, and our mission. And so he, he's one of those guys that understands he's got to put somebody at that table That's right. to invest in these marriages because, you know, Roland, all those other things are important. I think that all of us have been impacted by a men's or a women's ministry mm-hmm. pouring into us yeah, absolutely. and people that have uh, invested and discipled to us as individuals. But this concept of marriage discipleship, you know, I don't think anybody at the table, that table that you're discussing, would deny that Matthew 28 exists, right? Mm-hmm. We're to go out and, sh- and disciple, right? Yes. And, and share that. But I think marriage discipleship is is one of those things that's not really thought about mm-hmm. um, very often. And quite frankly, Susie and I would tell you that in our past ministry, it wasn't something that we thought about until a few years later. And it really caused us to be to create kind of a subculture within the culture that we were ministering in of marriage discipleship. And man, the impact that we really saw as those marriages were... were were infiltrating the culture mm-hmm. and people saw the difference. The example that you shared earlier, they were really drawn to these couples mm-hmm. because there was something different about them. That's right. I think that um, I love marriage as a platform because I think that it's not just to the church, it's to everybody. And, mm-hmm. and I can yeah. think of neighbors, I can think of just people that we have known throughout the years that knew what we did, but even, you know, nobody gets into marriage wanting to completely wreck their spouse or their family. They'd, you know, mm-hmm. nobody gets into a marriage wanting, you know, you know, maybe, maybe hoping things go well, but not ever expecting things to go down. Mm-hmm. But I think about um, Don and Sally Meredith, who the founders of the ministry, and how their own, um, that this marriage ministry, this marriage material was born out of brokenness. Mm. And how they didn't just say, "Hey, we have this great marriage. Why don't we start a marriage ministry?" No, it was it was we are we need help, and so we can't be the only ones. And I guess in those in those years in the early '70s, there just wasn't a lot out there. Um, by their by their admission, there just wasn't a lot for marriage, and so that's when this this God gave them this material. But I would also say to just the testimony of Don and Sally in our lives, early on when we started with um, Christian Family Life, um, I remember watching, observing them, and observing others that were at the time on staff, and I thought, these are the mentors that I want. These are the people I want to emulate. These are the people that, because it's not Mm -hmm. just 
about them either, you know, because yes, God restored, God healed, God brought them out of that brokenness, but their, their relationships are just growing and growing and growing. And I think that sometimes you can in ministry just kind of, you know, you have your people, your people that you're safe with and your people that you want to surround yourself with, but you're not, you're not investing and like, like, you know, I mean, we keep saying it over and over again, investing in other people's marriages is helps your marriage, but also friendships grow out of that. Mm -hmm. I think what you're describing is ministry out of overflow Mm. and how we can spend so much time manufacturing what, what we, what we think is ministry, but then who, who are we? What's that marriage like? when we're behind closed doors in our home. Mm. And what marriage discipleship does is it, it exposes that. It, it opens it up and, and it says, let's talk about that. What is your conversation as a couple like when nobody's around? Mm. What is your conversation like when you have a difference of opinion? Can you really express those things? Are you, are as believers, so again, we, we come to this moment in the podcast where... We have to say, we know that we're, that there are so many places that marriages are at. And people that are listening to the podcast that don't have a relationship with the Lord. Well, well, we invite you to experience that and would love to share more with you about God's love and the relationship you can have through Jesus, who is the way, the truth, mm-hmm. and the life. Mm-hmm. But kind of jumping back in, two believers who love the Lord, who, who have experienced that love, are they? Do they serve and minister spiritually to one another, and then in the home experience this kind of oneness and unity, and then minister out of the overflow? So, Tammy, to what you were saying, I think that what we saw, what was that, mm-hmm. was two people, two very imperfect people, who experienced challenges in their marriage, ongoing, but they dealt with it. Oh, here we go. It wasn't performance based. It, it was faith-based mm-hmm. and it was really clear when they would drift into that and they were they invited us in they kind of said hey here's our marriage and here's our home and here's our family and here's all the victories but but here's all all the failures and messes too mm-hmm. and let's just join the journey together and then their ministry was out of that overflow which is I believe such an impactful thing I, th- I think excuse me, one of the things that, so we usually lead or facilitate two to three groups a year. And a question that we get asked frequently is, do you ever get tired of teaching? Do you ever get tired of the material? And it's (laughs) points back to what you said, Roland, even the material, when people hear it for the first or sometimes second or third time, if they retake the class, which is not unusual, um, it always exposes Mm something in your marriage and it's either maybe an issue you're going through right at that time a faith principle will speak directly into it and and yes we know the five faith principles and we have them memorized and I have them on index cards at my house but when you're going through something that absolutely requires you to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit to get through it that faith principle I think hits a little differently at that Mm -hmm. moment Mm -hmm. and so yes the, the material is just, it's impactful, mm-hmm. not only when we teach it, but to us, you know, individually. Yeah, so. and, and I think that it's, um, you know, Tammy, what you said, and, and to, to follow up what Susie said, 
you know, you look at Don and Sally's life and you mentioned it was born out of brokenness, but I think that's the same thing for all of us. I think that at some point, no matter how good we thought our marriage was, <laughs> when we look at it in light of what scripture teaches, mm-hmm. right. we have to take a step back, right? And say, oh my gosh. Yeah, I think so. You were pretty broken, wouldn't you agree, Susie? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Susie would say it's because I kept hanging out with you. That's why. <laughs> that, might, that might be partially true. <laughs> I think that's why we moved to Tampa. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but we, we're all at that place, which, you know, the other thing that, that Susie and I recognized when we would walk couples through the material is the vulnerability that, that was in the room. Because mm-hmm. people would come to us afterwards and say, man, I didn't think you guys had any issues. We thought you guys had it mm-hmm. all put together. Mm-hmm. And then we share. <laughs> that was a pretty loud laugh there, Susie. <laughs> I just think it's funny. But the beauty is that just like Don and Sally, God transforms, right? That's right. And then that transformation is visible to others, but it also allows us to be able to invest some of these faith principles that we now have in our tool bag with other people, and others are impacted. Mm-hmm. And when others are impacted, we begin to see the fruit of them out of their brokenness mm-hmm. doing the same thing. And so it's that multiplying idea where we are investing in X number of couples. They're being impacted by the word of God, not even through us. It's the Mm -hmm. word of God. But God uses us, right, Mm -hmm. as a couple to be an example of what it looks like to live out these faith principles. And then to be honest, like Don and Sally were with you guys and say, hey, you know, here's our mess ups, man. Here's where we uh, we, we Mm -hmm. were short. Um, and then, but here, here are the victories and, and this is what we, we do see and allowing that atmosphere in your home to be, um, to be seen by other people. Mm-hmm. So in other words, I think what marriage discipleship down, down, when you really get to the nitty gritty of it is open up your door, <laughs> let people in right. and let them see what God's doing in your life yeah. and then invest that in theirs so that when they walk out, they're walking into their home, changing the pictures on the wall. From anger and hatred to love, joy, peace, Mm -hmm. and the Holy Spirit just making a change. That's really good. So I'm going to put you guys on the spot, and and you've probably got less than a minute to do this, but the vision of Christian family life is marriage discipleship in every community, in every church, and in every country. Can we quickly speak to what it would look like if you had marriage discipleship in every community and marriage discipleship in every church and marriage discipleship in every country. What 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 is so compelling about a vision like that? How does that play out? I think just what came to my mind quickly was the things that lead up to conflict and trials don't look all that different. The the trials and the difficulties and the problems are still going to exist and are still going to challenge marriage. It's now how you receive that and the tools that you've been given through God's word, how you work through that and then come of it, come out of it on the other side. I think so many people get there and then they're just stuck. They don't know how to get through it. They don't know, they don't know the power of the Holy Spirit that exists to help them come out on the other side. And I think we'd see a lot more success, mm-hmm. I guess. I think from a practical way, the church we'll see a couple things. I think the church is going to see couples that are impacted by the truths of God's word 
in their heart and in their lives now actually get involved in their church. I know that there was always issues of finding volunteers to help in all kinds of places. Mm -hmm. Well, these couples are going to be impacted so much that they're going to want to be involved. Mm -hmm. And so that's going to impact their children. Mm-hmm. And that's going to help the children's pastor, right? Mm-hmm. So when a couple is impacted by the word of God in their faith and in their walk, I think what they're going to do is they're going to impact their children, which is going to impact the culture within the church. And then get this. Mm-hmm. How about couples that answer the call to ministry? How about the couples that answer the call to world, mm-hmm. to, to mm-hmm. global ministry, where they're taking a healthy marriage into environments where there's going to be a lot of crazy brokenness. And you think about third world countries, Roland, that, that we've all been involved in. Think of Cuba and the divorce rate there. What is it, 65%? Upwards of 70. Upwards of 70. And it's it's issues there that, that these faith principles come in and maybe impact a uh, another culture and another environment. Yes. we. Um, the formula is your story, biblical truths, and that produces transformation. And I think that when one of the first studies that we did um, at the church where we were at the time, um, we were sitting in that room and all the couples were in there. And um, and uh, one of the elders came to the doorway and, mm-hmm. s- and started like counting. Okay, just making sure who has issues. And then he just kind of laughed. Mm. And then everybody <laughs> laughed because it was... But I think that, you know, what... Why? What keeps us from joining a marriage study group? Do, are we afraid that we're going to be exposed all of a sudden? You know, because one thing is to go as a single person, like go and I'm going to just go to my women's Bible study or men's Bible study group. But to go as a couple and to and to hear and 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 that's what we say from the very beginning when we start these studies is it's about it's about looking at at the Bible. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, the way things are laid out in the study is is mm-hmm. all the bible biblical principles that that apply to marriage and things that we're very familiar with but for some reason it doesn't apply it applies to everybody else but our spouse <laughs> but i think that that is you know at the mm-hmm. at the root that's so good uh, such an important and relevant conversation that we've had today as we simply pose this visual of what what would it look like if what we talked about today, if 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 a couple would take God's word and be willing to invest in other people, the kind of transformation that'll take place in communities, mm-hmm. in churches, and then really around the world. And around the world, we utilize so many platforms that are important. Clean water is important. Food is important. Medications are important. Um, building buildings are important. Holding orphans is really important. Doing VBSs is important. Doing sports. I mean, the list goes on and on, but let's, if we can just encourage you guys to look through the lens of marriage Mm -hmm. and begin to see how marriage can make an impact in all of these different areas as one of the ways that we're seeing it's impacting marriages around the world, uh, being used Mm -hmm. as a platform to, to break cycles And we'd say this, Christian Family Life, as we have this conversation today, uh, we create these resources not because we want to pull you in and be the only ones that you look to, but frankly, we want to push. So hopefully these resources are are helping equip you, motivate you, inspire you to be the couple that is investing in other 
couples. Great being with you. Uh, can't wait uh, till our next episode as we continue the conversation on why marriage discipleship. Thank you for tuning in to the Christian Family Life Podcast. Be sure to subscribe. To learn more about the ministry, visit our website at christianfamilylife.com. There you can subscribe to our newsletter and find all the social media links where we offer resources to help strengthen your marriage. Until next time, remember, God created marriage. He can make it work.